I'm Justin Smith of Palmetto Coast Exotics. And I'm Phil Wolf of the Nefris Initiative. You're listening to Snakes and Stogies. The only podcast dedicated to fine tobacco. All things reptile related. And the people who love them. As part of the Repetoculture Network. Yo, yo. <laughs> Hi. What's up? Hello. Oh, we're live. Shit. <laughs> oh, we're live. I was just excited to see you. <laughs> Hi, friends. Hello. Salutations. How's everybody doing? We're good. Dominique, I got your massive 1.23 megabyte file. But there's one picture of a plane, and that's it. That's literally not what I sent you. That's not what I sent. I don't know why it's doing that. Well, it's doing it. So. Well, we'll figure it out. We'll, we'll, we'll start the show. Hi, friends. We'll go from there. Anyways. Yeah. I mean, apparently we already started, so. I thought I thought we've all, we all knew how this works at this point, but I guess I was wrong. It's been a while. <laughs> it's been a while. Oh, that's cool. Johnny Bear said he literally just finished finalizing his honeymoon at the end of the year, and he's going to be going to New Caledonia and the Isle of Pines. Wow. That'll be cool. Dang. Dang. Yes, Dom is in the house. Uh, This is episode 113 of Snakes and Stogies, which is brought to you by blackboxcages.com. Right up above me and Phil's head. And then Puget Sound Pythons. Check them out. Facebook, Instagram, all that cool stuff. Uh, as you can tell, Miss Dominique DeFalco of DeFalco Reptiles is here with us. And uh, hi. Yeah, I, first, I feel like this is the first time in a long time me and Dom have like talk, talk, not just text. I know. I was thinking, I was like, so man, long. I feel like Justin and I are still friends. We'll see. I think we're still good. Yeah. Yeah. What are we? And we're only what these? five months from Daytona. Okay, That's sorry. And really? Wow. Ooh. I feel like I'm gonna blink and it'll be here. Hundred percent. I'm excited. I'm pumped. It always. Wait a second. Where'd my cigar go? Oh shit. Look at you can always tell what time of the year it is because Smitty's back to flip flops and shorts. Yep. Rocking the yeah, old we've been missing those toes, sandals. Justin. Mm, those yeah. toes. <laughs> I have it. Ew, don't say it like that. <laughs> no, I'm talking about my cigar. I found it. It was on the floor. The five-second rule. The five-second rule. It is. Uh, it is. It's been actually pretty cool here at night, but it's been a very incredibly pleasant, like 73 degrees during the day, with a nice wind and breeze. The bugs have been brutal, though. So, oh yeah, that'll happen. Uh, But uh, I have a cane straight lajero lined up for this evening, so I'm glad I ate before I started lighting this sucker up. Nice. I uh, I found another. I know I smoked this two weeks ago. What's that? Nova. No. Uh, The the Royal Challenge from Gurkha. Oh. So I know I smoked this two weeks ago, but I was going to grab something and I was like, oh my God, another 
black tube. What could this be? And then I opened it and I was like, oh my God, it's another Royal. So that's worth smoking tonight, kids. That and uh, camels. That's right. So before we really get into this, like Chris Sexton's in the chat, and I have to once again give major props to Chris because obviously THP didn't happen Thursday because Travis Wyman was in town. And so we were like, you know, let's figure out a night while he's here to do uh, a show. Saturday night ended up being that night. Uh, we recorded it. Everything sounded perfect in my headphones. I had no issues. I was like, sweet. Go to upload the episode and the next morning because he was here until like 11. You know, we recorded and then we ended up hanging out and chatting for a bit and stuff. But went to go upload the episode the, fo- uh, the following morning and his audio, the input for his audio, like, so there's four channels on this this interface. There's channels one and two. There's channels three and four. I have I have it set somehow to that one and two are the channels it picks up for like stereo. It's like a stereo mono thing for anybody who's into audio stuff. It's kind of a nightmare. But basically, his mic was plugged in and I could hear it fine, but it was not being picked up by the interface. So I was like, crap. You know, that was a, it was a good episode. And so I was like pretty much just wasted a, the gas that it took for Travis to get from Hilton head to here, which isn't terribly far, but it's still like an hour. It's uh, still a drive. And he came here and hung out and Jake drove out. And so it was like, you know, well, this sucks. I mean, it was fun cause we got to hang out with him, but it is what it is. Uh, so then Chris Sexton was like, I posted a thing about it and he was like, man, send it to me and let me see what I can do with it. And I did. And I got it back. He sent it back to me this morning, and it's it's definitely usable. It's uploaded already and stuff. It's there, so if you want to listen to it, you can check it out. Um, so once again, Chris Sexton is the man of uh, Heli Guy Serpents. We've had him on THP a couple episodes back. wasn't that long ago. So cannot thank him enough. He he really saved our our bacon there. So awesome, awesome. Wow. But the new episode of Venom Exchange Radio is out. It is. It is out. It is uh, no guest this episode. Just me and the old nip-nip, chewing the fat, bending one another's ears and elbows. Um, but it's a, good, it's, it's a good listen. It's not that long. It's like an hour and a half or so. And uh, we touch base on a bunch of stuff. So everything from predatory mites to uh, field herping and the like. So if you get yeah, a I'm about to... halfway through it. So oh, good. Excellent. I got to the we. I was at the predatory mite part. So yeah, and uh, I knew Henry was going to give me crap about it because he's been saying to do it for years, and uh, I'm like, oh no, man, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know. And now I'm like, okay, it just makes sense. I've it heard was... people do it, but I've never known anywhere that they seem like they were readily accessible. Well, so Henry had found them. This is about a year or two ago. He had found a company online that sells them for like pharmaceutical research or something. And obviously they sell to us, you know, and uh, but that was the last we'd really talked about it. And he informed me that the type of mites that Nipper's using are, I guess, banned in the U.S. because they're afraid they're going to get out. Um, I don't know if that's just a Florida thing or if they're going to get out and actually like kill mites that are, you know, yeah, yeah, because apparently the, that species also eats springtails and woodlice and everything. So um, I'm going to have to do some more homework on it. I mean, I don't have mites right now, knock on wood. And 
we'll see what happens. But yeah, definitely give it a listen. Venom Exchange Radio episode four, hot off the press. And I feel bad that when we did our little promotions this afternoon for tonight's episode, uh, we Justin and I are usually late to the game in terms of what we're going to do. We're very f- fly by the seat of your pants, play it by ear, so to speak, for those musicians in the room. Um, and then Dominique messaged me out of nowhere, like just to BS. And I was like, we have to have Ron. I was like, what are you doing tonight? And before she replied, I'm like, you're booked. So here she is. So here I am. Yeah. Here you are. And all my glory. Yeah. You got me after a workout and like I went to my bar and got one drink and you called me and Monday night is bluegrass night, of course. So I got to hear all the banjos and I, I'm here. So Yeah. When, uh, <laughs> every Monday night, when Loafman was down here, herping with his uh his grad students i asked him i was like hey man you being from where you be are you a bluegrass fan and we had a long conversation about different types of music and he is a bluegrass fan which i thought was good so i made him listen to some sunday morning bluegrass banjo action when we were herping so it was good i can't get into it man it's fun i like it well i feel like there's certain it's, it's good there's multiple aspects to the bluegrass. There's multiple aspects to, you know, like Zydeco and some of the more bible stuff. And there's different, you know, tastes of all of it. So forgive my neighbor's honking. Can you go sell meth somewhere else, Florida man? <laughs> so, yeah, so we have Dominique on here for a multitude of reasons, but primarily because we love her and we don't get enough of her on air. Um, Obviously we want her to promote her own social media and or podcast action, but we also have been talking about Dominique's crazy adventure down to the wilds of Peru. So after we chit chat a little bit, I've got a cornucopia of photography from her not so recent trip. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I, I sent you like I I cut down the pictures I sent you too. I specifically yeah. made a pile. Well, I was expecting honestly, yeah, I was expecting nice. more, but the ones you did, you the ones you sent, I think is good for like the timeline of events. Yeah, well, this is also a podcast, so we do have to you know get the audio people in, right? We can paint them a picture verbally. Okay, and because great. we're going Just, to, I mean, Peru, I, I'm going to turn my light on green. I do it. Yeah. Set the ambiance. Right. It was the green when I went there. I didn't have this. Wow. Oh wait, you're talking about Peru. I thought you were. What changed? Did anything change? I didn't see anything change. It's green, damn it. Okay, cool. I was looking. I'm like, um. When Smitty leaned forward to change the light, or now you could see the hue of his body slightly changing. Oh, there he is. Look, he's fuchsia. Okay, yeah. <laughs> yeah, he is. <laughs> oh, okay, now I see it, yeah. Yeah, one of those makes you very radioactive. The other one just makes you look like a bad spray tan. It's got like a million settings on it. I'm about to put it on Metallica mode, like Enter Sandman. Are you so listening like, to Enter Sandman during oh my this? Gosh. I'm not. Oh, God. Yeah. Someone's gonna have a stroke. Oh my god. We're gonna have to put a flash warning on this. 
take mm-hmm. my hand off the never never land. God, I hate you. Oh my god. So what's new, Dominique? Tell us about your wilds. Oh my gosh, life's crazy. I just got a new job, which is like the best thing ever. And I finally get to work from home, which means that I'm with the animals a lot. Uh, so I think everyone, I mean, not in like a bitchy way, but I think most people know me if you're listening to this episode. Um, but I'm Dominique. I live in Kentucky. I like to say I live in Cincinnati, but that's a lie. And Ryan Cox now calls me out on it. Yes, um, I, I'm actually like really I, proud and shocked that you just said what you just said. Like golf clap for you, I know, my dear. I know, I know. I don't want to admit it, but it's true. Uh, you know what? I pay Kentucky rent, just I think a, a good, you know, it's a good sell. <laughs> well, um, at the same time, yeah, isn't, but, isn't Cincinnati your closest, biggest city? Yeah, it's literally like a, a just ten minute walk across the river. Like I just what's, walk what's across Kentucky the river that I can see. Yeah, so in a pack of Marlboro Reds. <laughs> yeah, for sure. And a snapping turtle. Yeah, it's crazy though. Like people don't want to don't want to move to Kentucky. It's like this whole thing of Cincinnati people don't want to cross the river. So like rent here for what I have is like equivalent to what someone would have a studio like literally a mile away. Pimpin' ain't easy. Which which I can also understand, like, oh, if you yeah. live that yeah. close, you know, you might as well just tell me you're from Cincinnati. You know what I mean? Sin City. Yeah, yeah. Just, I yeah, think but Brian you got Cox Brian Cox. Very and... Prideful. Very prideful. Cox isn't even anywhere close Yeah, he's to also that, just a jerk. Right? No, no, he's an hour and a half away. Yeah. And he and... totally made fun of me one time, because when I was on THP, I said that Louisville is in the southwest of Kentucky. I apparently don't know how Kentucky, how big Kentucky is. It's not. It's really not that far away at all. So he's an hour and a half, like, downriver. Downriver. That's that's a Kentucky yeah. statement if I ever heard one. Yeah, I was going to say, that. that's definitely some <laughs> Appalachian right there. I'm just going to ditch the flip-flops. <laughs> oh, my. We're getting real casual. Getting a little hot and bothered. So, how do you want to kick this shindig? I... I don't I don't know. All right, well let's start with this. Dominique, what made you go to Peru? You. Oh, well, I mean me, that's a lot of questions. <laughs> what made me go to Peru is an easier question to answer. Um yeah, so I uh went to the University of Cincinnati and I had the opportunity to be in a super cool program called it doesn't matter what it's called. This is not my LinkedIn. Dare. Essentially, I was in an honors program. <laughs> I was in an honors program in college that included um, a study abroad component, and we had four weeks in South America. So we did Mexico, Colombia, Argentina, and Chile. And after that, we had 10 extra days to kind of do like whatever the hell we wanted before we had to fly back. Um, And all my friends went to like resorts, and I was like, you know, I'm going to do, I'm going to go to the Amazon and finally do that because why wouldn't you, right? So I did like a lot of research. Cause I think it was 21 at the time that I went and like, you know, traveling by yourself. It's um, I've traveled by myself a lot. I've been really like fortunate to do that, but like, there's definitely concerns that come with it. So I spent like four months figuring out where I wanted to go. And then like another month and a half convincing my parents that <laughs> I wasn't going to die. And uh, then I booked my trip. Nice. Nice. I, I imagine yeah. that conversation with your folks was a bit, was a bit rough. 
Um, it wasn't like the worst thing in the world because I I moved across the country to Seattle when I was 19. Um, I just told them that I was doing that. And so like they kind of know that I do these kinds of things. But it was definitely like a, okay, well, what do you have to do to do it? And how do you know this isn't a place where they're going to like sell your organs or because, <laughs> you know, like you say you're going to Peru and that you don't know necessarily who's in charge of the program or whatever. It's like, I could understand from my perspective, it was nerve wracking, but I was going to do it probably regardless. It was just a matter of them being aware that I was doing it. Yeah. And I think it's, it's a lot easier for a parent to accept going to the Amazon in Peru to see nature opposed to going to, you know, Libya or some obscure place. Well, I don't know. Like my sisters have both uh, traveled some obscure places too. So I think that the biggest thing is like they were like, okay, well, like what about malaria and like all those kinds of things. And I just I just got all the shots I needed and I took a bunch of meds and hope for the got travel insurance that always helped. She was she um, was ready to visit Jacksonville. Yeah, so I was getting ready for Daytona essentially. <laughs> Ready to visit? Florida. I actually felt safer in Peru than Daytona. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's that's that says a lot, man. <laughs> there are some in the the general Daytona Beach region there on the like the little island section that you stay on. There are some sort of darker corners that I would not want to be around at night. Like you know, there's some yeah, abandoned buildings with people that are ready to snatch your kidney. Well, I mean, yeah. you guys have heard my stories about the Seaside Inn. You know, thirty five dollars a night. The doors don't lock. The, <laughs> but the how door, much an hour? The, oh, okay. Oh, it's not by the it's not by the <laughs> hour. It's by the night. Thirty five dollars a night, and uh, every once in a while, you you know, accidentally jiggle the lock on the adjoining door, and it's a room full of Indonesian men. So, uh, Daytona. Why are they coming to You guys should all go. Everyone should go to Disneyland. It's our home. Yeah. Why do they have this kitty pool from in the darkness? (laughs) All right. So you decide you're going to go to Peru. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, Justin, we're done with that one. Uh, You decide you're going to go to Peru. (laughs) Vic Lorano says that's where all the pros come out of. <laughs> uh, so you got your shots for malaria. You got your ticket. Got your overnight bag. Got your mm-hmm. SPF forty. What to now? Oh, that was the problem. The SPF. I think. I think you got one of the pictures of uh, the SPF um, that I, I definitely I didn't we'll, put enough. We'll say that. It was. Yeah. No. Just there for companionship. It wasn't. It wasn't actually <laughs> yeah. Well, I had. <laughs> Well, I was too nervous to actually ask anyone. So I traveled by myself. I uh, essentially didn't know anyone. I had spoken to the... So I went with an organization called Amazonia Expeditions. Um, It's owned by a couple that's from the United States and have built two lodges in this area of the Amazon. Um, And they employ local people to work the lodges and they really give back to the community. They have a nonprofit or it's called angels of the Amazon, which is really awesome as well. And they uh, provide like education to the um, school children of like the local uh, villages. So it's really great. So I knew the owners I had spoken like via email with the owners, um, but I do knew that they weren't going to be there on the trip. They just kind of 
like reassured me like you'll be fine and I was like okay so at the time I was in Buenos Aires with my class and I got on a plane and I took a plane from Buenos Aires to Chile then Chile to Lima Peru then Lima Peru to Iquitos Peru so I ended up in Iquitos and Iquitos is the it's called like the um gateway to the Amazon generally if you hear people going to the Peruvian Amazon they start in Iquitos so I took like the tiniest flight this tiny, tiny plane. I was like totally the only person not traveling back home. I was like the like token white girl who was traveling. Um, yeah, there's the planes. <laughs> we just landed on the tarmac. Um, and then from there, we get to we literally step outside. It's just one building, the entire uh, airport. And it's only like two flights a day. And this is the sign you see. So it's the Akito sign. And then you're there and you hop in a, uh, it wasn't like a rickshaw. It was essentially like a motorcycle with a little cart on the back. And I met a woman who's like, okay, are you here for this? And I was like, yeah, I think so. And she took me, it was like six in the morning. And there I am extremely sleep deprived, just like so nervous, so excited. Though. But this is like my first picture um, being in Iquitos, being in the Amazon. And so the river that we were on was the Toyo River, which is a, a tributary to the Amazon. And so we get there and there were two flights coming in that day. There was a 6 a.m. flight, which I was on. And those are our little, our little car, uh, cars we were taking. And then there was like an 11 a.m. And we were leaving at noon to go uh, to the lodge. So we had about four hours to kind of explore Iquitos, um, which is really awesome. So it's an amazing city. But we went to uh, a, a zoo called the Zoológico de Quistacoche. So apologies if that's wrong. Um, and it was really awesome to be able to see like a zoo in Peru. So this zoo that we went to, um, this was like one of their larger ponds. It had a lot of native species and they had uh, a lot of um, injured wildlife that they'd taken in. Oh, hi, Ryan. You can listen later. Also, you hear me talk all the time. So it's fine. Um, and they, they had a lot of uh, a lot of turtles. And um, if you keep going through, Phil, you just kind of climb through a little bit. Um, but this was where we saw like our first herp and it was a random frog that I saw on like a tree branch. And it's this frog right there. And I was like, Oh my gosh, yes. I didn't know. Hey, half tell me if I could, tell me if I should slow down or go faster in terms of the pictures. Cause no, you're, I didn't want to, I didn't want to get totally carried good. away. Okay. All right. No, you're welcome. Just scroll on through. I'll tell you to stop when I need you to. Yeah. So, um, that was one of the, the very first herp we saw. Um, and then there was another few ghettos. You know, we just kind of seeing little things around. It really got me excited. Um, but then actually at the zoo, um, oh, the other thing we saw a ton of is butterflies. And this one's really kind of hard to see. But I believe this is the blue morpho. It's one of the ones that has this really bright blue um, uh, wings when they open them up. But when they're closed, it looks like the eye. And they had that. Those were just everywhere. And that was actually a butterfly that I grew up with at our local um our local like nature center does a butterfly show every year. So that was one of those things that was just like super cool to see. So we continue going through this zoo. They had, uh, I think it was like one of, is that an ocelot? I don't really remember what kind of cat that is. I wasn't paying attention to the cats. Um, but they had a bunch of injured cats that were there, some injured monkeys. Um, but something that was really cool with this zoo in particular um, is that as Phil scrolls through the pictures, we'll get to some river manatees. So this zoo was partnered with a zoo in the United States. I want to say it was one in Florida, but I can't remember off the top of my head. 
to promote um, the uh, uh, Amazon uh, manatees that are like very, very endangered. And so they were a breeding facility for these manatees, but then also taking ones that were injured and we got to see them up close because this is a species that was just super rare um, to see in the wild nowadays. And they're really stunning. It was a really um, cool experience to be like at the zoo because it was totally different than the zoos that we think of. Um, obviously like standard. And I think the the term zoo meant something a little bit different to them, but it was super, super cool experience to be able to see them um, to see them, like, to see the animals that we probably wouldn't get to see, actually, when we went into the Amazon, like, up close. So, it, was it more of a, a, like, an animal sanctuary rehabilitation facility, or was it, like, a zoo for tourists to see wildlife? Yeah, so it was a little bit of both. So, if I'm recalling correctly, I think it was that, but then also some of the animals were taken from the pet trade. So, uh, oh, yeah, there's me. Um, so, Akitas um, has one of the largest uh, black markets for um, exotic pets in the world. I wanted to go to the, the market, but I wasn't able to. Um, and frankly, I don't know if it's probably a good idea that I didn't go because I've heard it's a little bit upsetting. Um, but uh, I think probably a lot of these not animals. Very happy place. Oh, yeah. Like, I think a lot of these animals um, were potentially sold as pets or trying to be sold as pets and then confiscated. So there's a little bit of a mix. Hmm. And then, um, so after we went to the zoo, I included this picture because I thought it's so funny. Um, I, my friend told me I looked like Prison Mike, um, <laughs> but I was dressed like in my, <laughs> I had this little uh, like scarf. I guess, well, it was a, a neck gaiter that, um, oh. like, I guess we all know what those are now, but I had bought it to cover my head and to cover my face, um, like, when we were out, and I was already sunburnt as hell from being in Mexico, and it only got worse. So, this was, like, my last picture um, before we got on the boat. So, this was the picture on the boat, um, and this is a Kitos. So, we had a two-hour uh, boat ride to the lodge. And I was so exhausted that I passed out on the boat and slept for an entire two hours on a speedboat, like through the Amazon, which I think just can attest to like what 22 hours of travel does to you. Um, yeah. So this was when I first arrived at the lodge. So uh, there's two lodges that I went to. The first one was the Tahoya River Lodge. And the second one was the Amazon Research Center. So we spent the first part of the trip at the Tahoya Lodge. And I went during high water season. So I was there actually just about three years ago in April of 2019. And during low water season, this, like none of this is underwater. This was probably about 12 feet of water that completely recedes um, yeah, for, during for the low water not... season. It, for those who are not watching this on YouTube, you, you're basically seeing some thatched huts with some wooden, you know, like catwalk walkways over water. And you see these trees coming out of the water, but they don't look like mangrove type trees. They don't look like aquatic trees. It just looks like mm -hmm. it's been flooded to hell, which it has, you know. Yeah, super cool. That's exactly what it was. It was really cool. Um, one of the things that was like awesome about it is that as you're walking through, um, you're like looking down and you could see fish and, and we were able to actually canoe the whole place. Um, That'd be fun. So yeah, it was, cool. it was really, yeah, it was really awesome. Um, so one of the things that I loved like the most about this experience is that through this organization, no matter your group size, you're given a guide. So I was just one person and I had my own guide. So her name was Melissa. She was um, from Peru. She, so a lot of the guides 
are um, either from the local village or from villages like or from Iquitos and they'll spend like a few weeks at the lodges and then mm -hmm. go home for a few weeks um so it was super super awesome because the entire like five or six days that I was there like she we woke up in the morning she's like what do you want to do today what do you want to see um yeah so then this was my first at the lodge any sort of herp sighting and it was on one of the walkways I looked up and it's like this thatched roof and I can just see a snake skin and it's from an Amazon tree boa and it was just like right above my head and I'm like oh my god there's snakes here and I'm gonna give you like a spoiler alert I saw so few snakes on this trip it was absolutely frustrating saw a lot of other oh, things <laughs> we'll talk about yeah. that you know but, that's, uh, that's that was my goal snakes Terry Burwell was talking about a trip he made. He, he actually, we have Marco Polo that app that you, it's like Snapchat kind of, but Terry Burwell added me on there. And so he was talking about yeah. the Jason Hood episode we did last week. And he was mentioning how he went down to where was it we were talking about? I don't think it was Peru. Um, yeah, maybe it was Costa Rica and Honduras. No, he, did he say his wife was Peruvian? I don't remember. I don't know, but Damn. he went to the, he went to the same place that Jason was talking about, where they saw the the sipo snakes and stuff. Yeah, and he said he was there, and for I think mm -hmm. he was there for an extended period of time. But he's like the first like ten days, he's like we didn't see any any snakes, like there weren't any. And then for whatever reason, I guess it was just like an explosion overnight of stuff. So it's interesting because yeah. I've heard that from multiple people that they're like they get there and there's like they didn't find anything, but I'm sure yeah. it's a year thing. So yeah, it could very well be, and I can only imagine what Dominique's yeah, range of emotions would have been seeing this snake skin. Oh my gosh. Sorry, he's it again. You're breaking up a little bit. It's probably my fault. Yeah, your, uh, your video is cutting out a little bit. No, I was just saying that I can only fathom what the range of emotions um, you must have had seeing that snake skin. Yep, we can hear you. Man, we're over okay. Sorry, this this month. Uh, yeah, I know. You I there, girl? Know. I don't know what's going on here. Let me leave and join back. It'd be so cool to see Corallus in the wild, though. Like, I know I complain about my time with Amazons in particular, but younger Justin was all about some some Amazons. And, dude, it would be absolutely in, in breathtaking school. to see them in the wild and to interact yeah. with them in the I'm wild. Sure. But, I don't want them at home. <laughs> I kind of, I kind of miss them. Well, I don't think I'm gonna get. If I get, if I get into them again, it's gonna be like a pair. But I'm at a point where it's like, unless it's corns, I can't. I just, I don't have. I can't commit space. Well, it's like you just get like I would. I would consider getting like one leopard from Randy, and then like just having it. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? Because I know that if I start doing project stuff. I'll go back to hating them again. <laughs> you know what I mean? So. <clears throat> All right. Let's get these photos back. Okay, I'm back. Can you hear me? Yeah, you're crystal clear, girl. All right. Sorry about Where... that. No, it's okay. Where were Sorry we? Sorry about that. Oh, look at this photo. Creepy. Aliens. <laughs> Uh, so what, yeah, what we so... see is we see a canoe on black water with very minimal lighting, and we can see the dock in the distance, barely illuminated, but might be construed as an Amazonian streetlight. 
Yes, that's a great description, Phil. Um, <laughs> I thought this was like a important picture to include because like I unless you've been in a place that like literally is pitch black, it is such a surreal feeling. And this is only about a hundred yards from the lodge. So like we can see the lodge in this picture, but it was so dark that like you just kind of lost any concept of like mm -hmm. where you are or what what day it was or anything. Um, but this was our very first night. So this was one of the really cool things was that since it was high water season, um, we canoed absolutely everywhere. We like only did two hikes like two real hikes um but we were able to actually go like underneath the lodge and like look to see in the rafters and we saw a lot of bats and and a lot of um spiders and such so if you go to the next picture phil we had our first little frog there um so we saw a lot of like monkey tree frogs like actually monkey tree frogs um of a lot of different sizes so this was one of the first frogs we saw and then we saw so many spiders, uh, so many tarantulas, so many like true spiders. Oh, and they would yeah. all sit. Um, they sat just a few inches above the water. Um, and as like small fish would come to the top or as other bugs came down, they would attack them. So that was um, just one of the, the spiders. And then this was the first pink toe tarantula we saw, which was super cool. Because like obviously this is a pretty... Um, common animal that we see in the pet trade but uh actually see it in its natural environment was really fantastic um this organization is like pretty strict on like not allowing you to touch anything which i totally oh, really? respect um so we didn't yeah. get to like yeah well this this specific one i ended up going on another uh another hike that allowed me to mess with stuff a little bit more really but um, we were in the middle of... we didn't care yeah <laughs> we were in the middle of like a, a, a research area so yeah, so this video I think gives like a good example of like we're only like we're really close to the lodge here, but like so dark. Yeah, that's wild. And you can just hear it was so shockingly loud all the time too, because mm -hmm. uh, there's just birds and bugs and frogs, um, everything around. It was just insane. So that was like my very very first night there. We had dinner and then we immediately went to that. Um. And so then I took some pictures. The next pictures kind of give you a better idea of the lodge itself. So um, like Phil described, like it's a it's a wooden uh, on a wooden platforms <laughs> that essentially are just like planks across and you just walk across the water. It kind of looks like a tree house. Um, yeah, and very, have my own room. Swiss family Robinson. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I was lucky I had my own room at the first lodge. We had a shower in the room um there's no hot water um and you couldn't drink the water obviously but um it was nice to have a shower in the room um and i learned my lesson my very first night there i'm sorry if this is tmi to anyone but like you don't sleep naked in the amazon because you will wake up covered in more bug bites than you thought were humanly oh, possible man, I bet. oh yeah oh yeah. yeah even if you and i had i had my mosquito net and everything but it was so hot right and i was like i'll just you know sleep naked whatever no i just sleep with a hairbrush in my bed for the rest of the trip so i could itch myself at night um Oof. and then uh so this organization is like obviously really focused on taking care of the environment and such so we also had something really interesting is there was only two hours a day that you were allowed to charge your phone or charge any electronics so um we woke up in the morning and between 6 p.m and 8 p.m everyone could charge their computers but that was it. Um, and then there was only one area of the lodge that had Wi-Fi. 
and it had like good enough Wi-Fi to Google like what day is it, <laughs> but not good wow. enough to you wow. know send a picture or text message. Um, yeah. So wow. the next picture is just another picture of the lodge, and uh, you know we're really like just over the water. It was just I want to go back so bad. It was probably the best week of my life. Um, so we woke up that first morning, and you wake up. Uh, they play drums and everyone gets up at 7 a.m. and we'll eat in the dining hall together. And we went on our first uh, canoe ride of the day. So this picture is a little hard to see. So any of the pictures that are like a circle, it's me trying to take a picture through <laughs> my binoculars. Um, and this was a tree rat. And they're these like guinea pig rat looking animals that live in the holes of trees. Um, and you'd see them and they just stick their little faces out. Uh, and they're really cute, but like very hard to get pictures of because they did not like people getting close. Um, so my first day there, you can just kind of scroll through a little bit. Um, the first hike we did was, uh, it was a hike to find poison dart frogs. So these yeah. are some of the pictures as we were going there. Um, there was like uh, a lot of birds and then um, you can stop here, Phil. And then our guide had, we came across a tree that had fallen in the night across the river and our guide had to like hack through it um so we just kind of sat there um and uh okay mike asked if the water around the lodge was stagnant or wasn't moving it was very slow moving water but it wasn't like it the water out on the river definitely moved faster but this wasn't like still water um there was some motion to it for sure but um so this was the first actual hike we got to do so we had to take like an hour-long canoe ride up to a terra firma so it's an area that stays above water all year round um and we are specifically looking for dart frogs so uh if anyone knows the species i'd love for you to fill it in because i couldn't figure out is all that, the species i was looking at is that some kind of random man um there's a, i think so i'm looking at i think yeah. i think I think everything I saw was Ranitimea. So if you look at the next one, um, they're all in Bromeliads, which was like super, super cool. Um, because, you know, that's like where you find them. And unfortunately, I didn't get any photos. But in some of these Bromeliads, there were tadpoles in them. Actually, um, I was just about to say, there's a tadpole right there. Where? Oh, did I get it in that oh, yeah. picture? I did get it in that picture. There's a tadpole. Oh. <laughs> So um, that was really cool. And then, like I mentioned, like the uh, organization we went with also does research at a lot of these places. So um, when you looked around the forest, too, there was also little um, plastic cups that were tied to trees. And yeah. those were used as like dart frog breeding grounds because a lot of um, researchers would come to this lodge and go to the Amazon Research Center as well um, to study the dart frogs. So... It was super cool. Um, third picture, the next one. Yes, this one. Um, obviously, you like, know that dart frogs can climb, but it was really cool to see that they were like actively on the sides of trees, um, very similar to other, you know, uh, like tree frogs and such. Um, then the next picture is just of a little spider I saw because I liked him. I thought he was cute. Um, and then the picture after that, um, is just kind of an example of how dense the rainforest like truly was. Um, so like in this area, like we had one spot of light, but it was like dark. It wasn't pitch black, obviously, but it was like so dark even during daytime. How much because, in like, this one, how dense it was. 
in this one like break in the canopy, how much light permeated the surface of the water? So at this point, we weren't on the water anymore. So oh, we did okay. get this okay. specific area. We were on um, a, like a, a higher ground area. Um, but one of the other things that like I really absolutely loved about this trip um, was uh, the bats that we got to see. So if you go to the next picture, um, at one point in the same area where we were looking at the dart frogs, there's this really, really large tree that had fallen and hollowed out. And I walked in dozens of bats like inside this um inside this like makeshift cave essentially um and like they didn't have a fear of humans necessarily but not in the same way that like a possum in cincinnati wouldn't fear humans but like more in a way of they just kind of all the animals kind of looked at us um and like i said we didn't really mess with them but i truly was probably like eight inches from these bats and i think these are um long nose bats if i recall correctly um, so we see them all frog, night time. That frog with the yellow, I believe, unless the taxonomy has changed, which is entirely possible, I believe that is a ventrimaculatus. Ventrimaculatus. Oh, thank you. No, well, yeah, it's Ranitomea, but okay. I'm double checking because there's so many varieties there. That's the problem is you have yeah. the same species and they, a lot of them look completely different. But It's also so very one of the interesting things that this... this this is a tree that the bats hang on to the inside of a tree. Yes. It was a hollowed out inside of a tree. That's awesome. And like, I always think about how like we use cork bark in a lot of our vivariums and, and a lot of our enclosures. Mm -hmm. We try and make the cork bark look as natural or as stone, like a rock wall or whatever. And this is literally what I'm striving for in my vivarium. So that's pretty awesome. Yeah. Yeah, it was really, really cool. Um, there's mushrooms everywhere. There's mold. There's all that fun stuff. Um, but one of the things that I, I thought was important to mention now, I guess I should have said this at the beginning, is that I went in 2019. Um, and I think a lot of people know, like, I, did, I got into the hobby in 2019. So at this point that I went on this trip, I only had one green tree python. That was, like, the only animal I had. And I hadn't really, like, dove into the hobby. Um, so I didn't have a lot of the knowledge I do now. So a lot of the species that I don't necessarily know, that's probably why. Um, I love this picture. I think this is a really great example of a little toad that just had like amazing camouflage, <laughs> like truly looked like every single dead leaf that was there. Um, there were a lot of these where all of these toads just were there. They're about the size of like the tip of your thumb and they were just, you couldn't see it until they were jumping on your foot. Yeah, it's if you didn't know it existed, you may never see it. Or if you didn't know what to look for, you'd never see yeah. it. Yeah, exactly. Um, you zoom in well, on so it? go to the next picture. And this was one of the... You want me to go back, Justin? No, don't worry about it. You're good. Okay. Yeah, go back. So this picture seems... Right, never mind. Cool. Don't do it. <laughs> <laughs> um, so this is another... So, um, you know, we spent some time... Like... I think this was like truly one of the biggest tests of my patience um, was like looking for these frogs because you would to see them so easily. So uh, yeah, so these little um, these little red ones were my favorite ones I saw for sure. Um, and if you zoom out on that picture, like you really can see like first of all, even just this plant is so dense. But like just looking at this picture, how easy it is to like miss the frog because the colors, even though it just looks like a green picture, like 
a bright red frog is going to stand out so much, right? But you look at this, there's bright red dead leaves everywhere. Mm -hmm. So I can't even imagine all of the things I missed when I was looking so hard to find them. Like we only find the ones out in the open. Um, yeah, that's so yeah, so this is one of my absolute. Yeah, this is one of my absolute favorite little frogs we saw, um, and they were all about you know the size of the tip of your thumb. Um, mm -hmm. They were small, um, but just stunning. Um, we didn't touch them, obviously. I really, really wanted to. Uh, There's a lot of things I really wanted to touch that I didn't. So good on me. Um, but yeah, just like the best. So we spent time there. Um, spent a few hours looking for those frogs. And then after that, um, we ate like lunch over a fire. Um, and I love this picture because this is one of the favorite things that I we did is that um, as we were you know, taking the river back to the lodge, our guides would pull um, to different sides of the river and they would like cut down fruit or cut down different like branches and let us eat them. So if you go to the next picture, this um, this is known as the ice cream bean. It's Inga edulis, I believe. Um, and it's uh, a bean that when you take those little pods out, they like are very, very sweet um, and very like juicy and they kind of taste they didn't really taste like ice cream but they're like a very sweet treat um so we would whenever we saw these trees we'd go to the side of the river and we'd just take as many pods as we could and we would just like eat them and spit the seeds out as we were driving through um driving oh my gosh as we were Moving going through. yeah right that's awesome <laughs> um, i mean it looks like some kind of I, grub it, or caterpillar but it, it I, I know it's a yeah bean of some kind yeah, it's um, and it was it was really good. Like, like I I just had to trust Melissa, my guide, kind of a lot, to be able to say, um, like, okay, I trust you. I'll eat this, or I'll go where you're going. Like, <laughs> you know, um, but yeah, no, that was that was one of the really fun things. Um, the food was That's amazing awesome. there too because it was just fresh fruit and fresh, you know, fish. Um, so then the next picture, this was one of the first uh, monkeys that we saw. Um, I believe this one, yeah, this was one of the woolly monkeys. Um, so if you go to the third picture of this guy, it's the best picture. Um, and this was, this was a woolly, I believe. Yeah, this was the one of the woolly monkeys. Um, and if you can zoom in on this guy, this guy had an interesting story. Um, because even though these are native to the area, this eyes. was not like a fully wild animal. Yeah, no, they were definitely dead eyes. Um, it's creepy. This animal, a long time ago, his mom, I believe, was like rescued from, rescued in quotes, from the pet trade and brought to this area. Um, but like was still like pretty reliant on humans. So she and her baby, this guy here, who's now like an adult, um, have always stayed near the lodge. And we would, you know, throw them some fruit because they were friendly enough with the humans. Um but it was really cool. It was a really awesome opportunity to, to see these guys up close. Um, and the next picture is just like an orchid, just like a stunning little, <laughs> little orchid that um, Melissa grabbed for me. Um, like if the animals are amazing, but the foliage, it was like equally as incredible. Um, and there were just orchids all along the river. There was so much um, amazing plants, and I know Billy would lose his mind if he'd been down there. Um, the next picture was a super cool frog we got to see, um, and I believe that this was 
a waxy monkey frog, but it's like the darkest one I've ever yeah. seen. Um, wow. Or it's like just they, the shirt they called it. They. Oh my god! <laughs> I was gonna make a bad joke, but I'm on air. Um, but uh, this is really cool. Um, but this is like what my skin's gonna look like because the next picture was what Phil was making fun of me for earlier. Um, was that I like was too nervous to ask anyone at the lodge to put sunscreen on me. Um, so that's what I looked so like just, after the first day. Get melanoma. Was, Be a man. Don't ask help for sunscreen. It was yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so the next day we uh I made friends at the lodge. Really um, good. <laughs> it was frog was really <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that frog did look easy. Um yeah, so then uh the second day I was there, um we went on the river again in the morning. Um and this is just a picture of what it kind of looks like being on the river. So it's like a very slow moving river, um, but it was still like moving. And then so this did, next were you paddling or did is, they have people paddling the canoes? Like you were just along for the. They ride. had people paddling the canoes. I offered, and they were so like, "No, no, no, no." Oh like, okay. uh, yeah, so no, look, I if, did not. If you're paying. You're paying for the yeah. resort experience. I ain't paddling. That's for sure. <laughs> I'm just. I don't think this is necessarily a resort, but I was paying for the experience. <laughs> fair um, enough. Fair enough. So this was um really cool. So this is the local village I was telling you about. Um. And it was just like a little bit upriver. Um, a lot of people who live in this village are employed by the people who manage the lodge that I worked at. Um, it was a really cool experience to be able to, to speak with people from the area and like support them um, by like what we were doing and such. I unfortunately didn't get the chance to like tour the village, but we got to see it. Um, so yeah, just some more pictures as you're kind of going along. Um, and then the next picture is like one of the iconic images. You can scroll to the next one. It's the better picture, but it is of, uh, the 8 million sloths we saw. That's cool. So that was like my favorite thing to see. Um, it's like a beehive. and this image is I kind of about to say, it looks like a giant. Oh, we mask. saw That's crazy. We saw many of those. Okay, so that was one thing I didn't get a picture of, but was probably one of the freakiest things in the world was at some points, my guy would be like, be quiet. And we'd get quiet in the canoe and you'd hear buzzing and you'd know that one of the trees had a beehive in it and they do have like Africanized bees in this area. And so she would essentially like have us be quiet, try to figure out which tree it was coming from and we'd go the other way um, because you didn't. <laughs> That want to like piss them off that was yeah. really scary that was there were a few moments where i was like a little freaked out um so but yeah so you can see uh yeah billy i tried my best um you know isma needs a friend <laughs> um but yeah no i i loved seeing all the sloths i think they're all three toads um and we would just you know stop and see them um this next picture is i think hilarious um this is me swimming <laughs> i um so when I was in third I was, grade, I, was I ask, read. Did you swim in the Amazon? This is this is it. <laughs> that's that's me. Um, Wrong in there. So when I, <laughs> I know. So, so when I was in the third grade, I uh, I read a National Geographic article about the Amazon pink dolphins. Um, and I was eight at the time, and how they would probably be extinct by like the time I was going to be like twenty. 
was something I read and I told myself that like, you're going to swim with the pink dolphins. Um, so the next picture is one of the dolphins that I was swimming with at this time. So I was actually in the water with them. Um, and it was like, so scary (laughs) because even though like, you know, I had two guides there with me at this time and I was the only one swimming, but you could feel them. Like you could feel things underneath you and you like hope it's dolphins. Um, Yeah. (laughs) Hard pass for me, man. Yeah. Well, I mean, I was there. How could I say no? And my guide. I couldn't, um, but I I imagine like you have, you imagine if you had like a GoPro, you see the dolphins. I didn't want to see anything. Yeah. I was going to say, Imagine well, you, if you you had a GoPro and you put it under the surface of the water and you're hoping you see all these beautiful pink dolphins swimming around you and it's just like a giant savage red tail catfish or any yeah, no. handful of caiman or yeah right no jeez I didn't even think of that yeah <laughs> it was um I was definitely like acutely aware of what could be in this river um and thank God this was the second day because on the fifth day I did see uh an electric eel um but i was in the river and i did not last very long like swimming because i was so out of breath because i was so nervous it like wasn't even a matter of being a bad swimmer i was just like so nervous yeah <laughs> and i'm treading water and i'm like yeah i'm good oh, where are the where are the dolphins like, like there's things moving and it's just a mess um <laughs> jesus scott oh <laughs> Uh, I don't know what he's talking about. Uh, an aquatic species of coral okay. snake. Oh, yeah. Well, you know, I'm here. I'm fine. Yeah, uh, yeah this was another of the awesome um, sloths that we saw. I thought this picture was just super cool because most of the time we saw him sleeping. This time I was eating. Uh, the power that these guys have to just, like, sit in trees all the time is insane. Um, next picture is obviously... Like a little bit of um, you holding. They're trying to show off for all y'all how good I looked in the Amazon. Um, I thought this picture was hilarious. My mom said I shouldn't put it on the internet, but that's not her problem. Um, because I, I, it's, it's a great I was like picture. after I, all the all it was hilarious. Humidity, I was I was. I was say all that humidity in the yeah, jungle and your the hair, hair was good. <laughs> oh, me, Bill. Um, yeah, it was super fun. Uh, we were hand washing with like bottled water and brushing your teeth with bottled water because you like really don't want to get sick while you're down there i did have a life straw but i didn't use it very often um yeah so then the next day um i went on another boat ride um we saw that same bully monkey again and yes billy two pop sockets because when you have a really big phone and tiny hands it works better um and then uh the next thing that we saw was one of the probably one of the coolest things i saw um and I'm gonna like let you try to figure out like what we're looking at in this picture. Trees. <laughs> because it's like very hard to figure it out. Uh, well, there's actually two tamandos. Uh, so if you go to the next images, um, Mothman. So for people oh, who don't know, tamandos are, uh, uh, yeah, <laughs> tamandos are a species of anteater. Um, they're an arboreal anteater, mm. and this was actually, um. Yeah. So this is actually one of the animals that I got to work with at the Cincinnati Zoo. Um, an animal like it's really near and dear to my heart. Um, and they're pretty rare to see. And we got to see two of them in what we thought was uh, probably a failed breeding attempt between them because the male was like totally covered in blood. Um, 
<laughs> and this picture here, you can see. Jesus. Him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it was a little savage. Not tonight, um, <laughs> dear. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't think it was any sort of deer situation. Um, but this picture, you can see a really good picture of his tongue. I thought it was super cool. They use those tongues for the tournament mounds and, and to get all of those little buggies out of there. Um, and the next two pictures are of, I think this was the female. So um, they have a really, uh, it was really cool too to see two different colored anteaters because we usually just see like the more silvery ones. Um, but this one was significantly more brown um, and she was just from stunning. You can see that, you know, she's, yeah. Um, you can see that tail. Uh, <laughs> they have a really um, awesome like uh, prehensile tail. Just so cool. Um those, you wouldn't think picture. those branches would hold them very well. Like they look heavier than the branches yeah. would be able to support. Yeah, there was also just like so many branches. Like yeah. she just kind of found her little spot. And a lot of the the sloths would do that too, where it looked like they're around a lot of like really thin branches. But there's usually like one thick one, like holding the the majority mm -hmm. of their weight up. Oh. So this was one of the howler monkeys we saw. That's scary. Um, That's a little creepy. That's that really this doom. one, if you zoom in on this one, this one, this one was not fun um, because we were in the middle of the river and there was a troop on. There's a troop on one side and there was a troop on the other side and we sat in the middle while they screamed at each other and like it was one of those like super, super cool but like very freaky moments. Um, yeah, and you heard these, you heard these in the morning. Um, but actually, funnily enough, so in college I lived like about a quarter of a mile from the Cincinnati Zoo. So I in, also in heard college, the yeah, monkeys in the morning. Yeah, well, <laughs> my sister. Um, no, but I also heard, uh, like, um, I heard howler monkeys in the morning. And yeah, um, Scott, I took those through binoculars because I didn't have very good camera. All these were taken on my phone, so I think I did a good job. Um, this is also one of my favorite little things we saw. This is a pygmy marmoset. Um, if you zoom in on this one, like this guy's probably the size of like my palm, like so tiny. Um, and they just have it the looks, sternest little faces. Looks very judgmental. Um, very judgmental. And so at this time, this was the day that I transferred. Um <laughs> this is the day bad. I transferred from yeah, literally. This is like my aunt after I didn't eat her cooking. <laughs> <laughs> Really? You're He's just so gonna sit cute. There? I loved him. <laughs> um, this is when like we're doing and then you guys can decide where to go to dinner. Oh my gosh. Um, yeah, but this was when I transferred from the uh, like the main lodge to the research center. So it was like another hour or so away upriver. Um, and this is where people are actually like conducting experience, experiments or not experiments, research. You know what I mean? And so. We paid a lot more attention to like different areas that we were seeing animals in because we could go back to the lodge and tell the researchers who were there um, like what we saw. So these pygmy marmosets were on a tree that was marked and I got to go back to the, the student and tell her like where we saw them, how many we saw, and like kind of do some sort of like, you know, community research there. Um, next picture, I just really like this tree. Um, <laughs> I just, I don't know. I th like this tree just to me like you're looking at it and there's a couple um birds in it and i think there was we saw so many vultures um and i just kind of like looked at this tree like a lot like the uh 
Trail Life and Pocahontas. Like, there's just so much going on. I was gonna say the one from Avatar. The there. Avatar too. Yeah. Um. So, at this point, <laughs> it was our last night, and we hadn't seen any snakes. And obviously, I'm having a great time, but I was a little upset. So, um, I mean, on the trip, I had one of those trips where even if you didn't see all the stuff you wanted to see, like when we went to Texas, it's like we may not have seen all the stuff we wanted to oh, see, but it was still yeah. just cool to be there. You know, hundred percent. Thousand percent. Who cares so if you cool. didn't see what you want to see? You still got to go. No, for sure. Um, but at the I. <clears throat> Uh, luckily, like because I was a solo traveler um, and I had my own guide, I actually had met another woman named Jenny, who was another solo traveler who had her own guide, um, and we became good friends, and we still exchanged Christmas cards. Um, nice. But uh, she also knew that she also wanted to see snakes, so we got to take um, a night hike that wasn't generally offered um, to guests. So the next picture, VIP. We had to. Yeah, we had to take um, a very early dinner and we had to uh, canoe. I think it was like four. No, it was like two. It was an hour by speedboat and then another one and a half to two hours by canoe to this one area of land that was like always above water. But this area okay. is like very known for fertilance and um a lot of the bigger cats so we had two additional guides so there's four guides and two confused white women which was you know a great combination for the middle of the rainforest um nice. so this was you know like i think this is a really good example of how we were like totally in the water this was me this is my outfit i figured it out by the last day there to be like as covered as possible even though i'm dripping sweat like you can see how sweaty i was <laughs> but we just we were so bit up by bugs um so this was super cool. So we went on a hike. Um, we got to see some super cool frogs. This frog was the size of a dinner plate. No joke. It oh, was, the is that one of the ones that bark? My entire life. I've seen videos of those. I think they like I, scream when you grab them. Maybe. Oh, I didn't grab it, but it was huge. I've he seen was those like on some show. so large. Um, Whoa! And Jenny, oh, who I was. Cool. So Jenny um, is a science teacher. Uh, she was actually teaching in Costa Rica at the time. So she brought her black light and we basically just like black lighted the forest to kind of try to see what, what glowed. So we found these daddy long legs that glowed. Wow. And, um, the next picture is like, another really good example of how like, look how dark it is. And this is with all of us having headlamps on and her having that light. Like it was so dark <laughs> just, and we're just kind of trying to figure out um we found these like fungus that was glowing a little bit on these different decaying plants um and you know there's no path where we are right so uh the two guides were ahead of us two guides were behind us clearing the path this is an example of like one of the trees that we saw that's just like absolutely covered in spikes um like i said it's pitch black <laughs> you know you're hoping you don't run into that kind of stuff um and then this is one of my absolute favorite things we saw so if you zoom in on this moth um this is that zombie fungus that we oh, hear about in the rainforest yeah. where wow. it like affects the um it affects the ants mostly and like makes them climb up trees so we were seeing these moths and other uh um these other uh oh my gosh insects you know whatever the heck um that had this fungus and they were stuck to some part of the tree so as you can see here the body's dead and it's almost attached to this leaf 
via the fungus. And wow. here's where the spores had already exploded out of it. Um, That's nature's awesome. brutal. Yeah. So cool. It was really cool. Um, and then oh, we saw these we're little, talking. Uh, yeah. scorpions. <laughs> so we had scorpions all over the place. These guys were tiny, tiny, tiny. Um, this is probably the size of my thumb. I don't know. It looks like the Telsons flipped over the body. It's kind of thick. I don't know. Yeah. They were small though. These were. Um, I wish I had a better picture, but unfortunately, it makes it was me wonder very if it's difficult. spiders because those aren't very big. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Look. But they were really cool. Um, so we spent like about two hours hiking. Um, by this time, it was like 10 p.m. and we had another two hours to get back. So we got in the boat, and this is when I saw my electric eel. Um, and nice. I'm sitting in the boat. And this is a little juvenile electric eel. And if you go to the next picture, you can see how close it is to the edge of the boat. Um, like, we probably were sitting about six inches above the water. Like, we did not have a lot of wiggle room there. Um, and Melissa would not let me touch it, which was kind of rude. Um, I get it. But it was, I really wanted to try. Was that scorpion, do you know, was it black? Like, what color was it? Do you know? Oh, or did you just see it um, under the black light? I think I may have another picture of it that I can look. I want to say it was like a dark brown. Like I almost like, thought it looked like the um, the dark, like the small ones that you'll get like in the South U.S. You know, central yeah, some sort of centroroides or something. Um, I don't know. That, I mean, there's yeah. there is a Peruvian black scorpion, which is the tightest species. That wouldn't surprise me. I have to see. Um, yeah. Oh, well, this is... Uh, did we lose Phil? We lost Phil. That's okay. I'll show another picture. Can you see this? This was like... Uh, we found um, caterpillars that kind of glowed under the black light. A caterpillar. Um, that was like really fun to just kind of go around with the black light in the air. Yeah. Just like try to see what was glowing. Um, yeah, I don't think I have any pictures of it that's not under the black light, unfortunately. I'm just, but I can like, um, yeah. reach out to, I can reach out to um, uh, to Jenny and see. Mike, was I warned about scorpions? I mean, we knew there were scorpions there. We weren't really warned about like anything that was going on. You know, like we just kind of knew what was. I don't know, not like in a cocky way, but like we knew what we were getting ourselves into. Mm -hmm. um, all right, can I share my screen, or can only Phil do that? So I got the picture. Uh, you should be able to. All right, let's see. Share screen. I don't know. This mm. looks like it might have been a one of that it's uh tidiest Phoenix. Yeah. Let me know if you can see it. Ah, cool. Yeah, so this is that um the uh oh my gosh. Electric Yale we were talking about. Mm. Oh, fill you back. What, what happened? Because my screen went black know. and it kicked me out. You just left. No worries. I got it. I think. Um, so then we did that whole hike. We didn't see any snakes. But we get back to the lodge after another two hours of canoeing. And on the tree outside the lodge is an Amazon tree boa. And this is the only photo I got. And he was going into this nest right up here. And there was an angry mom bird the next morning. 
So we think that this guy probably raided that nest and, and took either the eggs or the babies that were in there during the night. Um, super cool. Super, super cool. Really stunning. It was um brownish, yellow. Literally the worst possible picture I could get. But it's the picture we got. So um, this is a, just another video to kind of show you like how dark it was. So like this is with us having spotlights on. That's wild. You could, it was insane. It was yeah. How so do you see where cool. the boat's going? You don't. We d- I think like, you just kind of guess. That, yeah. So at, at um after when we had gone from the lodge to the um, the area where we were hiking, um we took a speedboat to a certain point and at that point they tied the speedboat up and we took canoes because we couldn't take the speedboat any further. So we had to get back. And then by that point we're kind of on open water and they could figure out how to do it. Um, so here's me on my last day. I thought it looked cute. I thought it was a little adventurer. Um, and it was just like really fun. So I also, at this point I had two more days left in Peru before I had to get back to, uh, to Buenos Aires to meet the rest of my class. So this is where the whole, like, don't tell your mom until after you do the thing happens. Um, so, oh, this was funny. They gave us life jackets, said Titanic on it, which was not the most reassuring. That's hilarious. So I had to take a picture of that, of course. Um, and then this was the water going back. I did stay awake this time. This is when we were finally like out in the open of the river. Um, but I got back to Peru. Or excuse me, I got back to Iquitos and I had found a guy on Facebook. His name is Christoph Meyer. If you're ever in Iquitos, I recommend you check him out. Um, I found him on Facebook randomly. I paid him 30 American dollars. I met him at a taco stand and he took me on the back of his motorcycle to a park like an hour and a half away. Um, I'd never met him before. My cell phone did not work where we were and I'd never ridden a motorcycle before. So you can imagine it was not the smartest of decisions I've made. Um, yeah. It's just a day. Yeah. Right. And I, and I I sat on the back of this motorcycle, um, holding all of our equipment, like all of the snake hooks and everything, like squeezing the motorcycle, like with my thighs for my goddamn life. Cause I couldn't hold on to anything cause I was holding all of our equipment. Um, and then I look over next to me, and I remember this so distinctly. We're going like 60 miles an hour on this dirt road. And I look over next to me, and there's a man and a woman on a motorcycle, and the woman's breastfeeding a baby on the motorcycle. And I'm thinking how funny that I'm freaking out. She's literally just breastfeeding her child <laughs> on this, That's on awesome. this motorcycle ride. Um, yeah, so we went to this park. Um, this was another one of those little frogs that we saw that just kind of blended in super well. Um, he took me to this park and we were just looking for snakes and we did the whole road cruising thing where we pulled the motorcycle over for every single, you know, stick we saw. Um, I have no idea what this is, but this was this giant, like, I don't even know. Is it like a grasshopper? Um, it was massive and he jumped on me and I was like, Oh, this is so cool for a picture. Now get it off. Um, this is another one of those frogs. Um, this was super cool. So this is a, a western leaf lizard. Um, oh, cool. And yeah, you just awesome. you can't like look at that. I every time I look at him, it's just the most stunning thing. The way that these leaves, um, his back right here looks so much like the leaves. So if we like go back a couple pictures, 
um, to like actually see some of the leaves. Like you can just imagine how well he blends in with the, the ground cover here. Even this frog just blends in right there. Um, that was a super, super cool one to see. Um, and this was like the opportunity that we did have to kind of touch the animals a little bit more. Um, saw more little frogs. Um, at this point, I had been traveling for five and a half weeks. Ooh, that's um, a so I got Yes. Um, <laughs> so, so I was, I was really tired. Um, so we cut this trip a little bit short. Um, but this was me like in front of this just massive tree, just to give you like some scale of like the size of some of the trees that we were seeing. And like this area is not underwater, but these same trees would have been in the area that were underwater. And I'm five wow. foot eight, so I'm decent, decently tall. Um, and I look like Phil next to this tree. So. Um, <laughs> I had to do it. See, um, when I see those, so yeah. All I think about is a bushmaster curled up in between the fingers of that. We yeah, that's only because the photographer put them put them there. <laughs> we looked a lot. Um, so we like this is probably about how high the water was at the lodge we were at. So like it was really significant. Um, this is a snail. I just thought he's cute. Um, and then this was me after I fell in the mud uh, there. But um, and then this is when I, I headed back. So um, it was really great. Um, I think that one of like the coolest experiences was definitely getting to go on that motorcycle ride uh, because as we were coming home um, in the, it, when we were actually in the rainforest, like you could see the stars a lot, but also there was a lot of cloud cover because it was raining a lot. Um, but this ride home specifically, this like hour long ride. And it was my last night um, going back to the Airbnb I was staying at. We were able to like look up and just see the entire like Milky Way. Um, and of course I didn't get any pictures because I was terrified and clenching all of the supplies. Um, but <laughs> it was like a really, really awesome, awesome experience overall. Um, and this is kind of as the plane was taking off, you can kind of get a better idea of like what it looked like. So really um, this is the village and then it's just straight rainforest, you know, can't beat it. Um, that's awesome. Yeah. So that's my trip. Um, I love it. I would like highly recommend it to anyone who has the opportunity to go. Um, it's really funny though, because I got back from this trip, like safe sound. The day I got back was the day I got bit by the Cayman in Mason, Ohio, um, which was just like ironic um, that I managed to make it that far. <laughs> it took until I got back to Ohio to get, uh, you know, hurt. Um, but yeah, no, I just, it was, it was one of the coolest experiences of my life. I would recommend uh, if you haven't traveled yet, you definitely do. Awesome. Do you, do you stay in touch with the organization or anyone or? Um, so I follow them on uh, social media, obviously. Um, it's uh, Amazonia Expeditions. Um, I would love to go back someday. I really think I'll try to make a trip of it, um, prefer preferably during low water season so I can do more hiking. Um and I, luckily they seem to have done okay during COVID. Like that was a huge concern. COVID mm -hmm. hit their area really hard. They finally opened back to guests. Um, and I think that they pivoted to provide medical care for people with COVID in the community um, during that time. But they also just started a trip to Africa. So they now do once a year uh, safari trips too. So I think oh, they're cool. expanding a bit. Mm -hmm. very cool yeah and i keep in touch with jenny uh the teacher you know we kind of catch base every now and then um, which is awesome 
And yeah, I mean, I had, gosh, one of the things that was really funny is I had to do like a blog about this for my, um, for my, uh, class and I run the, um, I run the intake for a reptile rescue in the area and someone emailed me to like surrender their ball python or beardy probably or whatever. And then they emailed me back and said, Hey, by the way, did you go to this river lodge in Peru? And I said, yeah. She goes, I was reading about it on your website because she had to research this lodge. Apparently when you like look up the lodge, my blog like popped up for her, um, like about my experience and stuff. That's hilarious. Like very creepy. Um, yeah, and Cody just said that they were in Peru, 10 days in the Amazon. It's, yeah, it was a truly, um, like, not to be cliche, but, like, life-changing, really just eye-opening experience. That's awesome. I'm glad we could share it with the, with the masses. We all need yeah, to make me too. Costa Rica or something. Me too. Yeah, I mean, when uh, Casey decides to open his commune, I'm ready. <laughs> you know, the minute you walk up, he gives you a lay around your neck and a glass of Kool-Aid. Yeah, oh, God. I don't know. It's such a don't take it until we post. Uh, no, but yeah, um, I appreciate you guys giving me the opportunity to chat. Yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah, super fun trip. If anyone has questions about how I did it, or like specifically if anyone has questions about solo travel, like that kind of stuff, I, I'm lucky to have traveled by myself a lot. I'm doing another big trip this year. Uh, yeah, so let me know. Where are you off to this year? I'm in Europe. So I'm going to uh, I'm going to France, and then I'm going to Lisbon, Portugal. It's definitely nice. not going to be animal related because I booked myself like a really nice hotel with a rooftop pool. So I was like, we're going to just relax a little bit, <laughs> <laughs> but it'll be good. I'm excited to travel again. Pedro's in Peru or um, good call Portugal, I think. Yeah. He actually, oh my God. Yeah, he is. I should send him a message. I forgot about that. Um, no, Scott, like I did not catch any venomous. Oh my gosh, yeah. I should. I don't think he knows who I am. I know who he is. Is that weird? Um, but yeah, no, this is a fun trip. I loved it. Everyone should go. I'm going to do something else. I think I'm going to do trying to hit uh, Africa. I think I'm doing Africa in 2025, I want to say. And then uh, we're going to have to do Australia after that because I got to prove to Ty that I can chug a beer faster than she can. <laughs> nice, nice. Very good. Awesome. Yeah. Oh, and then um a bill saying that the prices are incredibly reasonable. Um yeah, so the trip that I took, I had a bit of a uh discount because I was a student at the time, but it was only twelve hundred dollars for f- six days, five nights, and then included all of my meals. Um and getting to and from the lodge, I just had to get to Aikidos. So you can't, wow. you can't beat it. Yeah, yeah. I, I wonder if it's any different now because of fuel and COVID expenses and manufacturing costs. And I imagine it's still be relatively yeah. expensive compared to most other trips, you know. Yeah, I mean, well, the, well, the thing is, is that being there, it is so cheap to be there. Yeah, like, the US there, the I stayed at. Yeah, well, my Airbnb that I stayed at for the two extra nights that I wasn't at the lodge was twelve dollars a night. Um. 
and yeah and it was wow. great and then that included breakfast yeah it was like it was so maybe it's 13 i don't know it's so incredibly cheap there because our money wow. goes so far um the expensive thing is getting there i was um fortunate that since i was already in south america it was significantly easier for me to get mm-hmm. there um but from the u.s to there it's usually about a 1200 flight um but you know like twelve hundred dollars for the flight say two thousand dollars for the for the place itself uh private guide all your meals it's it's good you know yeah that's phenomenal actually <laughs> that's yeah. pretty awesome yeah and i and i um and i did a lot of research um going into this because obviously like i, I i'm very passionate about making sure that i travel ethically um and especially when you're going to areas that are often uh can can not have the most ethical practices when it comes into comes to like westerners traveling um i felt like this was an organization that i was very happy to support and i felt like very comfortable giving them my money and then also felt comfortable like traveling there as a 21 year old myself so that's good that's awesome yeah an yeah. awesome experience that we're really happy you could share with us yeah, super excited I got the chance to. Thanks for having me on. Thanks for letting me be like, hey, I'm coming on. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're, not, you're not hanging up yet. We, we still have plenty of time to, to how talk. Are those, oh, I won't hang up. How are those black box cages working out for you? Oh, my God. I'm obsessed with them. I, I would show you, but, like, my room is such a mess right now. Um, But, no, the black box cages, like, truly and they don't sponsor me. I mean, you could if you want to. Um, but like just such a stark difference between all the other cages I've had. I um I have had a lot of different kinds of cages, but I'll be probably getting all of those. I think I'm going to be putting the goal will be by this time next year to get both the brettles in 4 by 2 by 2 cages and then all the green trees into either the 18 inch cubes or 24 inch cubes. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Yeah. You, the only thing any... about the brettle, uh, oh, go ahead. No, I was to say, you got anything pairing up right now, but tell, tell us about the brettles. Oh, it was the only thing about the black box cages. And this isn't the black box problem. This is my problem is that the sun hits the cages for about 15 minutes every morning, like right around 9 a.m. Um, and I'll be sitting here and like get an alert on my phone. It's like, your cage is 110 degrees. And I'm like, what the hell? And then I have to remember, no, it's just the probe like gets the sun like really well in that one spot and like <laughs> i stand in front of it and like, let it cool down for like five minutes and then it's really fine um no uh pairing up i have oh my god don't even want to talk about it don't make fun of me i've got ball pythons paired but uh, so what that's exciting. chat it up it's exciting it's exciting for me it's still um, cool yeah it's my first ever snake pairing first ever animal pairing which is like super awesome um i'm wearing my friend matt's shirt because i was literally like i said i was at the gym um but kmb reptiles he's a good friend of mine um, matt burton he owns a pastel double head exanthic pied female and i own a pie head exanthic male and we bought these together in like early 2020 like this is a project we've been working on for a while to look for some to get some lightning pieds um so I have that female paired up with that male, and then I have that male has been paired to a het pied female that was a gift from Andy Middleton from um, Carpet Fest 2020, right before the world went to shit. So uh, yeah, it's really fun. Um, 
after a little kid. <laughs> like, I'm really, I think, I think they might both be gravid. They both look big, but also I'm just psyching myself out. So I guess we'll see. We have an incubator ready to go, just in case. I like it. You're it's already, good. You're already doing better than Jake. <laughs> oh. <laughs> you got that first yeah, plug. No, it's... Dude, I need an incubator. Can I put mine in yours? Oh my god. Was yeah. No, I I bought I'm a I'm a planner. I have like the amount of spare cages and spare, spare like thermostats and I even have spare radiant heat panels, which I feel like is not something people can say now. Those nowadays. are worth their weight in gold right now. I know. Um, I've got spares and I'm all over the place. Oh, and this is new. I don't know if you noticed my new poster here, but you can't zoom in on it at all. But this poster is from the Cincinnati Zoo, and I've been looking at this poster for years because in this top corner, right up there, it's the Zoo Babies poster. And right here is a little green tree python on the top. And I finally decided, you know what? I'm 24 years old. I can put a zoo poster in my house. I'm in charge. And I did. So I love it so much. That's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. I, I recently had a similar moment. I went into my old bedroom at my parents' house recently to get something that I'd left there. And I forgot that there was a giant, like, four-foot poster of the, I think her name was Rachel, the Midwest Tongs girl. I don't know if you guys remember that. Oh, my that. gosh. <laughs> you guys might be too young for that. But I'm too there, young for that. There she was, this brunette with her boots and her gentle giant tongs. It was a blast in the past. I, uh, I just started a new job. Um, and this job is very corporate, uh, very, like young professional um as am i obviously and i love it i'm so happy but we had our uh we've had like a couple meetings and stuff and i like don't tell people uh that i have snakes generally that i work with um unless it comes up like naturally but um but i started a call today with one of our directors and she's like she's like almost executive level director and the very first thing she goes is so I've been told you have some interesting animals and I have to be like, yeah, I got to unblur the background and like show her my animals. Um, but then I met with, a, I was like, how did you know? Like, I didn't tell you. Apparently someone on the team told people because I had another meeting today with a gentleman who uh, his, he was asking me facts about his Russian tortoise um, because his son has a Russian tortoise and he wants to impress him. And he like showed me pictures. He'd pull up pictures ahead of time to show me. And it's in this like super cool, like four foot by 18 by 18, like uh enclosure for this Russian tortoise. And it's fun. It definitely can be. Yeah. Victor saying it's a great icebreaker. Um, sometimes it is also still very nerve wracking. <laughs> it, it is. Yeah. It's one of those things where it's kind of hard to like explain it without sounding like a weirdo because i hear that like people ask me all the time they're like what do you do outside of like do you have any other jobs besides working at the shop and i'm like i mean and like i breed snakes yeah like oh what kind it's like you don't want to go too in depth because you know they're it's kind of going gonna over their head but of course their follow-up question yeah are, are any of them dangerous oh yeah um i was at the gym today and i just joined this new gym too because i'm trying to better myself which was like such a stupid decision um but I'm in the middle of a plank, like the middle of a plank. And one of the trainers was like, so I heard you have snakes. And I'm like, oh my God. Like, <laughs> like, because, because another girl who works out at the gym knew me because I sold her a tank on Facebook like a year and a half ago. 
and like we made the connection or whatever i'm literally like in this bear plank which is like we're on all fours i don't even know it was just like a very weird position to be in and all these people are asking me questions about snakes and they're like tell me but i'm like yeah it's fine they're good like, is this 30 seconds yet <laughs> like trying to just they're trying to have small talk and i'm like are you looking at your watch because i need to be done <laughs> with this circuit um yeah, yeah that's, it's, it's that's funny the that worst yeah. Oh, it's the worst. Meanwhile, I got my first black box cage, and it's actually in my trunk right now, or backseat of my car. Come on, dude. Because I am waiting till like midnight to carry the fucking thing in. Oh so, yeah, I forgot. Yep. You so. and your workaround of the rules. Oh, yeah, I know. Oh, they—they they don't care. It's the neighbors. I know. <clears throat> I know. Yeah. Yeah. No, so. but I, I truly like. I, if this is your first black box cage, this is, I love it. Um, I think that I'll probably switch. I'm just trying to think it's money is the biggest thing, but honestly, they're not a bad price. I, I was talking to Ryan Dumas about um, the black box cages because from when I, uh, like purchased my cage, when I got them was 17 days and it was like not too expensive at all. Um, but yeah, I'll probably try to get them. I actually was considering if I want to drive to Daytona this year so I can like pick up cages along the way or something. But that is like a long drive. That's a whole beach day drive. It's not It's not that bad. I used to drive to Philly at least twice a year. Okay. Well, I drive to New York twice a year and I don't like to do it. So... You know what I'm I saying? The distance, from, the distance from me to Philly is probably the same distance from you to Daytona. It was about 16 hours. Yeah, but that, yeah, that's 16 hours to be alone with my thoughts. No, like, I'll no, be you, on the you, beach. Have, you have podcasts, you have music, you have the thought of the beautiful cages you'll have in the back seat. Yeah, maybe. But I feel like I'll spend in gas, but I would pay in shipping plus more. Yeah, but that's not the point, is you don't have to worry about the delivery guy messing it up or, you know, the, truck getting damaged in transit or something like you have your cages in hand you know yeah mm, i don't know i think i trust the delivery man more than i trust myself mm. yeah no but uh i'm pumped for daytona i'm doing daytona this year i'm doing uh uh tinley october tinley is my 25th birthday uh so i'll be there for that uh, which is super exciting for me. Um, and I'm going to maybe try to do Arlington in September. We're going to see. Oh, look at you. Yeah. Hitting up well, the I'm big not... shows. What, am I, what else am I going to do? I'm, I don't have a family or kids or anything. To, well, I have family, but I don't have a family to worry about. You know, I can just do what I want now. Spend my money recklessly. The world is ending. <laughs> Privilessly. Hi, Billy. Billy's here. Billy, we're just talking about Daytona. I'm going to come see you guys. Yeah. I'm going to try to finally even out that tan line from Peru and the one I got in Daytona last year. <laughs> oh, Cody says they're throwing a reptile preservation party the Thursday before Daytona. Interesting. Okay. Cody, I'll be sending your wife a text. Because I know you won't respond, so um, yeah. What else do you guys want to talk about? 
Well, I'm actually a little disappointed because I was going to have a surprise guest jump in because he wanted to jump in. And I sent him the link like 20 minutes ago. And I was like, come on, man, hurry up. He's like, I have to set my I have to set my equipment up. That was Casey Cam. Oh, my God. Casey. What is his he's equipment? Like, it's just him like, and his bathroom floor. Exactly. Yeah, the globe. The exactly. Globe. The, a globe, a phone, oh, and headphones. Casey. That's it. That's yeah. it. And a, and, a, and a thing of margarita mix. He's set. Yeah. Yeah, uh, I didn't drink tonight. I, um, I don't, I'm not drinking live anymore. I think that's my goal. New Year's resolution. Good. Good. A smart choice. Mm-hmm. Smart choice. Yeah. You know, we live and we learn. We're growing yes. up. It's called maturing. Um, <laughs> Is that what it's called? Yeah. I don't know. Oh. I don't know. When are you going to breed chondros? Yeah. I don't know. When Andy finally tells me they're big enough. <laughs> I don't know. I think I have. They're big enough. I think that my Biak female that I have, she's the one that's got that really, really gorgeous black dorsal. Um, mm-hmm. She's on, uh, what is she on now? Like weaned rats, large weaned rats. Um, and so is the Biak male. And then I just, my uh, um, design, mutt designer male is just taking smaller um, weaned rats now. So I'm probably going to give it till next year. But at least let's do it this year. Um, I literally cannot handle that stress right now. I can't handle the stress. What stress? You put them together. If they like each other, they they do. If they don't, they don't. I just I just don't think I want that yet. I want to just enjoy my snakes. I I like the idea of breeding. It definitely like appeals to me. But I also just like having my animals. I love my animals so much, and I I don't know. I get too nervous. I get too nervous about my little lollipops. You know, I know but it's, they're chondros. They're not Bengal tigers. You know, <laughs> I know, but I like them. I don't know. Phil doesn't keep chondros. He, wouldn't, stop he it. wouldn't get it. He doesn't understand. Yeah, you don't get it. Don't Look, get if it. my if my animals aren't trying to slaughter each other during sex, I I, I don't know what kind of animals I got. <laughs> mm, okay, we're gonna avoid that topic. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, no, but um, the ball pythons are going well. That's like a fun little thing to be doing. I think that's a good, I don't know, starter for me to figure out if I like it. Um, Money for more But then I've got – it's not about the money, but duh. Um, But, yeah, no, and then I have my little – I'm growing up one baby Biak that I got at Daytona last year that gave me hell. That thing gave me hell. I – yeah, huh? That was rough. But she's doing well now, and I have my little. Uh, probably one of my favorite animals I have right now is from Billy, and it's that striped jungle carpet. Dude, that thing is hot. Who? She's got a little kink. Yeah, she's got a kink in her back, um, but she just is like absolutely thriving, doing so well. She uh, is in a little lottery reptiles cage, the little um, twelve by twelve by eighteen or eight. Like, yeah, the ones that they used to sell for the baby green trees. Um, I bought a bunch of them when they first sold those. And they've worked great for the baby carpets. And I put uh, some of the specialty enclosure design, like, freestanding perches in there. She perches on those after she eats or she goes in her little hide all day. But as soon as lights go out, she's on her perches looking for food. <laughs> Cruising. So it's it's the best. Yeah, she does really. She does really good. Um, 
She eats great. The baby green tree is the worst, like, when it comes to feeding. Like, I, the other day, gave her a fuzzy. She dropped it. Give it to her again. She dropped it. I'm thinking, okay, maybe it's too big. So I gave her a cut in half fuzzy. She didn't want that because she won't eat it if the open sides, if she sees the open side. So I say, okay, we'll try something else. I cut the tail off of like a mouse. Give that to her. She takes it. She drops it. Come back later. She's picked both the fuzzy that she originally dropped and the tail off the ground. And she's eating the fuzzy and just holding the tail. And I'm like, you know what? If it works, it works. As long as you're (laughs) eating this is I need more carpets. I, you know, I know a guy, so we'll talk. He's not wrong. He's not. <laughs> I know. Wrong. I still. It's it's interesting. I was actually thinking about this earlier today. My collection is still like very small, comparably, comparably, comparably. Yeah, I have a only have twelve snakes right now, which I think is a good number of snakes. That's that's a good number. It's you have your collection. It's what you want. It's your babies, and it's manageable. It's it's not overbearing. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I do love the carpets. I do love the bridles. The bridles are really fun. Um, I love this little jungle girl just because she's like an absolute sweetie. Um, oh, I can't do lizards. I have, I, well, I say I can't do lizards. I have a gargoyle gecko and I'm getting a chihua gecko. Trash. Actually. Trash. Trash. The gargoyle gecko. And then I'm getting a chihua. Um, chihua. Uh, <laughs> Eric like Paris. Um, I like Chewies. <clears throat> excuse me. I'll send you a picture, Phil. And maybe we can see. Well, I can share my screen, I guess. Um, Erica had a baby hatch just before Tinley this year. Erica Paris of Arboreals Anonymous. If you haven't listened to the THP with Erica, honest to God, it's one of my favorite THP episodes there's been. And I'm a bit biased because I do really like Erica, but also, like, I just thought it was a really phenomenal episode as far as like learning about um, Chihua and like other gecko care. But she had a baby hatch where the tail fell off of the baby in the egg. So like, but not fully. (coughs) Excuse me. I'm so sorry. But the tail didn't like fully detach. It detached like midway down the baby. Um, super weird and basically she like uh found this baby in the egg and it had a half formed tail in the egg with the baby that had at some point like maybe just been like strangled by the cord or something Mm -hmm. in the egg super weird um but that's the little baby that i'm getting and i'm sending you a picture of it phil um, it's really interesting because Where'd like, you send it? Uh, Facebook. Okay. Because um, it's really interesting because it looks like the tail never like fell off. It's just it just looks like it has a stub tail, but she found the rest of the tail in the egg. I wish I had that picture, but I don't right now. But it's a gorgeous little gecko. I'm really excited. Um, I think one of the things that I like honestly love the most about the hobby is like obviously i love the animals but i love supporting my friends like more than anything else in the entire world um i'm so grateful for all my friends and to like be able to have 
animals that my friends produced. Like, oh yeah, my it's gosh, awesome. it just makes me smile. And and that you tail know? actually looks really cool because it's not a yeah, it's not a regen. Right. You know. Yeah. That's why it's so interesting. It looks like it just is a stub tail. I just sent you the two. I don't know what the next one you're gonna look at is. Oh, that's a great. Oh, thing. you sent me that. I was like, what? I was like, what? I don't know what it's gonna be. <laughs> um, yeah, no, super, super cool. I like I I've had lizards before. I don't know. They're just not they're not my thing. Like it, I'm I'm really a snake gal. I'm also like also very specifically a Morelli gal, which maybe I'll get more animals one day and, and not be. But I think the next animals I add, um, I'd really like some diamonds. That'd be really, really cool. Bears, a pack and a pair. I, I don't know. I'll support your beards, but I don't want them. I don't know. <laughs> Damn. I don't want to be rude. It's I don't want to be me. rude. More for me. You can Just have remember, them all. She's, I'm so sorry. She's, she's only ever had one colubrid, and it was a pissed off milk snake. <laughs> That's a lie. I've had two colubrids, and they were oh, both pissed what, what off. Was, what was the, the other one? One was I'm a sorry. king snake. Oh, okay, I had okay. an emaciated uh, Mexican black king snake, okay. and that was at the Indianapolis Zoo. Oh, nice, yeah. nice. I don't know. I like. I don't. I just don't like cleaning colubrid shit. Like, honestly, God. <laughs> oh, I can't it's, do turtles. It's, it's not. It's no worse than lizards. Especially geckos. I don't have lizards either. So yeah, <laughs> I you, have one you lizard. You, but you I know have, what it's I like. I have trash. I've got trash. trash. Trash is the easiest. Trash. Trash. So if anyone doesn't know, Trash is my gargoyle gecko. Um, he is a great gecko from uh, Chris Painshab of Badlands or Pediculture. So he's in the year 2021. Of, yeah, the best man of every year. Um, the, I've been making fun man. of him. I've been making fun of him. Um, I told him it was a trash gecko. And uh, he was like, well, it's your gecko now. And I was like, what? And he's like, I'm sending it to you. And I was like, oh, shit, shoot. Thank you. Sorry. Um, and then I was like, well, what am I going to name it? And he sent me a, a video of his daughter calling it trashy. Because apparently she heard me say that it was a trash gecko or heard him referring to it as a trash gecko. That's and he's awesome. like, Lily, what's her name? She, he goes, trash. And I was like, her name is trash. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, it's great. Yeah. That's yeah, awesome. he's a gorgeous little gecko. I love him. He's fun. All my friends love trash. People love trash. <laughs> yeah, um, I, I'm totally stealing that audio later. All my friends love trash. Oh, they do. Oh yeah. Thank the Chris Payne chat <laughs> for the trash. <laughs> thanks, thanks, Chris. Thanks for the trash. I'm probably gonna name this next gom- uh like gecko like compost. Garbage. Or recycling bin. Like, I don't know. <laughs> Rubbish. Yeah. And I I, I, uh, I think I'm going to do a bioactive tank, Billy. Um, trash was, like, annoying and didn't eat for a long time. And then he did finally start eating, which is, like, great. When I put him in, like, a really tiny little critter keeper. So he lives in a critter keeper. But above my head, all of these, those are my uh, isopods that I have right now. Um, that I do nothing with. They just live in the box above my head. And I say, you like roller pulleys? And pull them out. And people go, no, we don't really like them. And I say, that's okay. I have them anyways. Um, and yeah. <laughs> so that's I'll amazing. probably... <laughs> I'll probably do something with them eventually. Um, I've got a lot of like caging stuff that I want to get done. Um, luckily, this new job gives me a little bit more flexibility in my life um, to be able to do that. So... 
more yeah. flexibility to add more animals. Don't tempt me. <laughs> I gotta gotta pay a few bills first, and then we'll see. You know who's the worst is is the Billy. Billy is the worst influence. Bills come and sure. go, but snakes. I, Snakes are until you accidentally kill them. Cheers to chondros, right? Uh, comment. Yeah, we've all been there. <laughs> yeah, awesome. Well, <laughs> I don't know. It's ten forty-five. I know you guys go late, but I'm <laughs> I'm becoming an old man. <laughs> it's cool. You've already been at the bar, so it's way past your bedtime. Excuse me, I had one drink at the bar. I was enjoying the bluegrass band and saying hi to my friends. And if you know anything about me, you know I can have much more than one drink. It's very <laughs> true. Still very true. not turning to Perry the platypus. <laughs> That's fantastic. Can't wait we'll to never see live the platypus that down. this year. Oh, God. Not drinking at Daytona again. Mm, Ever I again. Don't, I don't, yeah. I don't, I don't, I don't drink. You don't have to get to the platypus stage. You just have a couple drinks to take the edge off. And enjoy I can't the trust any of you people. That's the problem, mean, especially oh, Billy Hunt. Because we made you that drunk. We didn't make you that drunk. You made you Billy that drunk. Hunt did. You saying I'll chug the rest of this bottle of maple syrup. That from was Dominique. That was <laughs> that was the my same night. That we was were already we were already past the point of no return at that. Yeah, Dominic we were, saying, we were, I can't take this whole bottle of tequila back on the plane with me. It's an open alcohol. It was vodka. They won't let me vodka. They won't let me do that. And Justin's like, I'll just drink the rest of it. <laughs> yeah, it's having true. a Jack Sparrow moment. We just well, we don't, had fun. We, we won't let you get to that point, Bubba. Just have a couple drinks, oh, hang out. Phil, this is literally like what Dare teaches us. Like the you difference are, is, like... no, I'm not trying to introduce him to a gateway drug on the playground. I'm just trying to let the guy know that we're not going to destroy him with peer pressure. I'm like I'm doing right now. Take advantage of me in my weak moments. I'm the one who got you back to the hotel safely. You're a wanderer. Yeah, we have. Look, we've got Cannon. Go nuts and, and load him up and have him stacking cans again and losing flip flops. I do, was, I do um, love the can stacking. I do. Andy and I did, though, like, I have to say the hallway in that hotel room was the longest hallway of my entire life. Between, like, where we got into the hotel and getting, like, getting the Bartolini's and getting Andy and getting everyone to bed. Like, it was the longest hallway of my entire life. Andy and I were both like, oh, my God. <laughs> well, I just love how everyone goes to the beach and they're like, Phil guard our personal effects and shoes on the sand and i'm like uh, okay why am i the only sober one and then smitty's like i have to go to bed it's too late i'm drunk and then i had to <laughs> literally haul ass with smitty back to the hotel room hand him off to the girls and then run back to the beach and make sure that no one stole their shoes you didn't have yeah. to escort me uh yes i did you were perry the platypus I would have found my way back eventually. Oh man, I feel like we're gonna get into bad territory with stories. I don't know if that was the same year that I just ended up in the wrong tower entirely and was very confused, or if that was the following year. I've only gone to two Daytonas, so 
Mm. All right. Well, you guys can keep going, but I do have to run. I got to run. Promote yourself, girl. Promote it. Oh, yeah. Hi, I'm Dominique. You can follow me at DeFalco Reptiles on Facebook and Instagram. Um, I have a podcast that comes out occasionally um, when I have enough mental state to do it um, called Modern Medusa Podcast. I just, my last episode kicked ass. If I can say that, I interviewed Shannon Wild, who was a National Geographic photographer and videographer, and we got to talk all about her um, work in Africa and around the world. And like the time she was mauled by a cheetah, which is like pretty cool, terrifying, but cool. Um, yeah, appreciate it as always. Um, thanks always for your guys' support. Uh, and I'm just grateful to have you as friends. Yay. I love you guys. Thanks yeah. for coming on. All right. Thank you. I'll see you. Have a good one, guys. Bye. 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 Oh, wait, wait, wait. Yzma. Yzma just came in. She hey. knew it was the end. Grumpy cat attack. She's like, this is what you're staying. Say hello. Where are you coming to Say bed? hello to Isma. People who don't know, this is my cat Isma. She's just the love of my life. Just kill me, man. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I say goodbye. She's like, stop yeah. loving okay. me, human. Bye. Feed Bye-bye. me, asshole. <laughs> <laughs> that poor cat. That poor cat has no idea that it's famous in our friend circle. It doesn't. Oh man. Well, anything else you'd like to conclude with, my dear friend? Uh, so I checked on some females last night, and oh, the Ladies Island female definitely has some eggs happening because I could feel a whole mess of them. Nice. Um, check some of the other stuff, and I there's a chance that maybe that female from Chris is, is gravid. I kind of, I don't know. And the, the one that you were worried about the bag? No, no, that's the blood oh. reds. Um, oh, okay. I haven't even checked them yet. I've been putting them together off and on. You know, I'll put them together for a couple of days and then separate them. She's 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 playing hard to get. So, well, it's it's fresh know, still. But, you know, the uh, those. I mean that that ladies island pair. They were some of the first that I saw lock when I put them together. So, cool. Not surprised. So hopefully everything goes well there and everything else takes and you know. So nice, good. It's that it's that time when you're pairing stuff that it's like hurry up and wait period. Yeah. It's like yeah. you're not getting eggs, you're not seeing any development, but you know what's happening. You're just Oh yeah. Waiting. So Yep, yep, yep. Uh there is a new video I uploaded today, the review of the catchy like fruit fly trap deals. Check that out on our YouTube channel. Um the website is now I just as we were started recording earlier um ben who helps me with the website stuff like the technical server stuff uh the website is now switched over to the herpeticulturenetwork.com domain so excellent i'm in the process of of getting some some more articles and stuff to add to that um now i'm signed up for the amazon affiliate thing so now we can do reviews and post links to that and hopefully get a little extra money on the side to help push things along so We'll see. Cool, man. Good stuff. Other than that, this has been episode 113 of Snakes and Stogies, brought to you by blackboxcages.com and Puget Sound Pythons, the fine, fine folks at both operations. Yes. Uh, So we also, THP is coming Thursday, once again. Um... And Elijah Day is supposed to be joining us 
Excellent. So, glad to hear, good. old Eli. Should be good. But everyone, have a good evening. Thanks for listening. Thanks for watching. Venom Exchange Radio. Venom Exchange Radio, yes. I'm actually working on uh, the third episode of Venomous Etiquette videos. Um, It's taking me a lot longer than I anticipated because of my work and because I'm trying to, I'm being overly meticulous with it. I was trying to do some like 2D animation stuff to like show certain hook placement and stuff like that. And it's just not coming the way I want it to, but it will. So uh, be on the lookout for that. And if you don't know it exists, Venomous Etiquette videos on YouTube. Check it out. There's only two episodes, but you'll enjoy it. And uh, yeah, Venomous Exchange Radio, me and Nipper. Check it out. Awesome. Thanks, guys. Thank you. Bye.